Welcome to Life Beat. I am your host today, Chris Gast, and joining me are my usual guests. I guess if we want to call are you, you calling us guests, guests now? Co-hosts. Thank you. <laughs> well, Anna Plymer and Grace Hemmeke. Ladies, Hello. happy last podcast. Happy Friday. And Chris's last podcast. My last podcast, not the last Life Beat. So yes, Chris's will... last Life Beat podcast forever. Wow, that's really final. Uh, It's come a long way. So today we have a couple topics to talk about. Sadly, not ending on any particular high notes, but um, it's been a bit of a slow summer, which is in some ways good, some ways bad. And uh, these are the three stories that uh, crossed our transom this week. So we're going to talk about them. Uh, Joe Biden and his administration and uh, the bureaucracy's war against the unborn child. We're going to talk about a pretty tragic case out of Australia. Uh, But first, let's talk about everyone's favorite topic in Michigan, the state of Ohio. (laughs) Um, So Ohio is facing a amendment that is practically a clone of Proposal 3 there. Uh, They, however, decided to take a novel strategy. So um, one thing that some people might agree with on a personal level is that in in Ohio, just as in Michigan, a majority vote uh, can change the Constitution, which some people would argue would not make sense because then it's not really Constitution if it's the same threshold for changing a Constitution as it is for changing a law. Um, And so Ohio said, well, if we uh, amend the Constitution to change it so that you have to have a supermajority, just like the federal Constitution to change, um, then that will be a added roadblock to stopping their abortion amendment that they're facing. And that vote was on Tuesday, and it did not go well for Ohio. I believe they lost... Was it 57% to 43%? Yeah. Something like that. You know, I I emailed you, Anna, late at night on election night, and the numbers were really bad because the rural counties hadn't come in yet, and I thought it was such a dramatic crushing of all time. But uh, it ended up being not not a super majority, but a strong majority said uh, we aren't going to do that. And... You know, we, we didn't really comment on that, and it's not really our place to tell other states how to do things, but it is really hard when you're going into fighting a specific amendment to take an argument to people to say that we need to change the rules of the game before we fight it. I wonder if they hadn't connected it to the abortion amendment, if, if people would have supported it, but maybe there were people that were still pro abortion Mm -hmm. that they didn't vote for it because they knew yeah i've seen some conflicting stuff you know the 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 worst or favorite depending on what kind of person you are thing after election day is always the post-mortem where we attempt to make sense of what the voters actually did and uh, come up with one or two sort of uh things explaining everything which is not really how the world works but I've seen people say they, you know, it was too closely tied to the abortion amendment so that you got all those no votes. Or I've heard people say they didn't tie it enough and people didn't understand. 
There were there were certain groups that might otherwise be for it who were neutral or against it mm-hmm. um, because it, it's not directly tied to the abortion amendment and you are changing the rules of the game. Um, which I feel you know, like it was very closely, from what I saw, very closely tied. <clears throat> yeah, everything I've seen on social media about it, I thought they were voting on the well because you're seeing you're seeing ohio right to life and those kind of people <laughs> yeah and that, stuff. I'm, that's what i'm saying like from what i saw but right obviously that's curated for me yeah but anytime that you're yeah you're connecting the abortion issue and you know this is something that we work on as an organization making sure that we're sticking to our issues and we're always very careful like in michigan when they wanted to revise um the laws for how petitions work, you know, we we were interested, but you do have to be very careful uh, when you're getting outside of your realm of expertise, because um, then people will connect it, and mm-hmm. you might find yourself on the wrong side of people that you would otherwise be on the right side of, because they have their own thing that they want to work on, or their own opinion on how governments and amendments should function. I do think one interesting thing that happened after the vote is, I don't know if you guys saw this, you probably did, the Detroit News did an op-ed. I th- it didn't say who the author was, it just said from the Detroit News, mm-hmm. on why Michigan should consider changing um, the vote to 60% and why it would be a good idea. Which is very interesting that, I don't know, I, just, I don't want to like speculate, but. You're going to speculate right now. <laughs> Go, do it. That's what this podcast is for, Anna. Well, obviously, <laughs> maybe not obviously to everyone, but the Detroit news is the news. <laughs> and it, it is would be, the news. it's kind of surprising that they were backing that up. So that's why I'm thinking, like, maybe a lot of people, whatever they fall politically, would back that up, would support that, but they didn't because it was aligned with abortion amendment. I mean, yeah, I some pe- some people think, well, now that you've got Proposal 3, you know, now that you've climbed up, now you're going to carry the ladder up with you and leave, you know, the rest of us out here. I mean, there may be an element of that, but, you know, I think just to go up, very personally, which I don't on the podcast, like, uh, so this is not the position of right to life of Michigan, but this is, I think, just common sense. Like, if you have a constitution and you want it to mean something, you know, it really should be hard to change it. Like, right. if you're going to change the rules of the game society operates by, there should be really broad support. It shouldn't be, you know, half of the people plus one, you know, one person, you know, two people didn't show up to vote today because they got in a car accident. And the Constitution is going to change based off of those based couple, based, yeah. based off of that. It, it just kind of strikes me as a little bit nuts. So it's not unsurprising that they would make that vote. You know, there's always that person in the after a tense debate is over, and you know, the the sides have been determined, victory and defeat. The one guy always comes in like, well, you know, <laughs> it'd be really good if if that would have happened. So, um, but of course, you know. That is what it is. Now, we, we've never actually changed the Constitution in Michigan. Um, we've only done laws with um, and, you know, initiating legislation. And then we've won a couple ballot proposals, which were um, 
laws, we did lose on uh, proposal two, which was, you know, for changing our amendment to, um, you know, do stem cell research and cure everyone's diseases, which, you know, didn't happen. Anyway, um, so that's something we have to think about, too, because at some point we're going to need to change the Constitution in Michigan to get rid of proposal three and protect right. unborn children. That's, that's a very that far article, down the road. That's a yes. very far down the road. Uh, because you got to build the public support necessary to do it. And but that's why that article was so interesting to me because I could see them changing the Constitution so it's 60%, making it harder for us to undo Proposal 3. Yeah, one frustrating thing about politics these days, and you know, it, it, there's always been, an, there always will be an element of this because it's human nature, but especially now in America, how one side plays by one rules and then the second it's convenient, they switch mm -hmm. to the other set of rules and people who are arguing about an issue, you know, a year later arguing the polar opposite. Right. Um, you know, that's what happens in a country where you don't, it's not really one nation with a common purpose and you have people who are just trying, you know, treat the rules as not really bedrock principles of the country, but you know, obstacles or opportunities of the moment and that's not a good place for a country with the rule of law to be no it is not so my utilitarian perspective of well let's just <laughs> let's just change proposal three let's get rid of that and then we'll up the constitutional amendment to 60 percent that would be a a perfectly valid strategy <laughs> based on the way america operates today not the ideal but uh i guess you could say it is what it is um, let's move on to the next story. Uh, so it's a story out of Australia, and um, I'll just give you a, a description. This is an article from Human Events, and I'll just uh, read it for you to be pretty straightforward. A trans-identifying woman lost an unborn baby after undergoing a hysterectomy while unknowingly pregnant. Jessie Polner, 38, was four months pregnant when she underwent a hysterectomy at Royal Women's Hospital in Melbourne during uh, the COVID lockdown 2021. Um, so, and the hospital did not inform her that she was with child and there was a human being there. The hospital just got rid of the baby. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things going on in this story, some of which are not our issue as I alluded to a couple of minutes ago about how we need to stick to the issues. I think the important thing here, it, obviously it's a, it's a terrible tragedy, but something that we've seen time and again, whether it's abortion, whether it's euthanasia, whether it's infanticide, this touches on all three of our issues of our mission, but where doctors just seem to want to play God and decide for a person what's best for them. It's so ironic because the other side stresses so hard, like, you know, keep your laws off my body. It's a women's body, women's choice, uh, between a woman and her doctor, implying that it's a shared decision-making, even though that's not the case. But th that's the other side's rhetoric. It's all about what you want. It's all about what you choose. But in reality that's not how any of this operates and it, it seems to be so often you know doctors imposing their ideas on on the patient so here in this case we have essentially a forced abortion mm -hmm. 
they should have tested, I mean, they should have done a pregnancy test as a matter of course, if you're doing you know, a hysterectomy and the person is within that age, it should not that be hard. Be a logical you get a Doppler do, ultrasound, yeah. you get you to like it's it's not an expensive or time consuming thing I think just go, to be sure. They go more into detail in that article about why there wasn't a pregnancy test and that they were going to do one and they decided the doctor decided at the the night before that it wasn't necessary. Uh-huh. Which is also strange. But very very sad story, obviously. Right. So the doctor decided, eh, oh, she well. doesn't need a baby anyway. Goodbye, baby. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, and, and we see it with euthanasia where patients are denied care because the doctors think they're better off dead or their family is better off with that patient being dead. And we see it with infanticide and, and similar cases with disabled children after birth. Um, we've had staff here run into issues where doctors don't even tell them about medical procedures that exist that are somewhat routine that could help because they want the child to die. You know, I don't... Isn't that fairly common with the transgender situation, though? We we know a lot of young people are rushed through gender surgeries without any medical precautions. I mean, I, I mean, I this don't... This is just kind of taking it to the next step of applying that to an unborn child. Yeah, we see that in abortion issue. I mean, the abortionist goal is to sell an abortion, and they do not want the woman thinking about it, having second thoughts, having any time to consider it. You know, if, if, if without pro-life laws in place, they would have it so that the woman shows up at the clinic, they take her money immediately, uh, mm -hmm. they don't do any informed consent, they put her in the waiting room as soon as they can move her back through the process like an assembly line, get her going. The key being they already have her money, so she isn't going to want to back out. Um, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, I, I don't, it, I'll say this. In some cases, you know, it's not the doctors are trying to be evil, money grubbing, you know, people just trying to rush people through so they get paid. I'm. I'm sure that exists as it does in every uh, walk of life. But there just does seem to be this sense that they can play God or that they are in control or that they know best or that they can do things that society, maybe they think they're superheroes, like I'm outside of society's rules, but I have to do this for the good of everybody. And it's extremely troubling when we live in a society where increasingly everything is more medicalized and, and regula regulated and uh, in control of government and power and authority. Um, and uh, I, you know, in, in this case, how do you make that right? You kill the person's you child. You can't make it right. No. All you can do is hopefully punish the doctor for... Essentially, a forced abortion. That's what it was. Right. At you know, at best, it was extreme medical malpractice and should never be practicing medicine ever again, because your willful decision, you know, cost the life. It wasn't even an accident in good faith, you know, which sadly happens. Did the article say if the the patient Jesse knew or if? she did anything with that information afterwards um 
there was a quote in there, but I don't remember. Obviously, she was upset, but I don't remember if there was any action that was going to be taken. Okay. Yeah, she in the article, she says she, she claimed she was forced to make a quick decision. It was over the phone. And um, really, so she was not in any position um, to know. She didn't know she was pregnant. Um, and she's, I mean, the article doesn't go into great detail about the, you know, regret or the action. But basically, yeah, she was told one thing was going to happen, and that's not what happened. I don't know how we fix, fix that. Um, you know, we, there has to be a better relationship between patients and doctors and hospitals and insurance companies. And I think people can sense, you know, something is really wrong. I don't know if anybody's seen the meme going around that's very true where, you know, it's got the same person in three different circumstances and he's says, I have a headache. Can you help me? And in the U.S. one, it says, sure. Now he to pay us sixty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and then the UK one is sure we'll see you in six months, and mm-hmm. then the Canadian one is sure. How about a suicide pill? Um, maybe we we have to pick our poison between one of those three, but you know, not good. No. And our re- ongoing crisis of faith and in institutions in America is very much there for the medical industry. Yes. And it's only getting worse. I don't see any signs of it getting better on the horizon at this point, sadly. Well, especially when you have doctors doing things like that where they are taking advantage of the fact that people trust because Mm -hmm. they're a doctor because you would think they have your best interest. So it makes it hard to trust a doctor who does something like that. Yeah, and you know, a lack of trust in this setting is very bad. It means hospitals and doctors don't get paid, so there's less availability for medical care, and for patients, it means they don't get care and they die. So no one is winning. No one's winning in that case. Anything else we wanted to say before we move on to our third? rosy topic of the day <laughs> i don't think so what an apropos way to end the podcast with <laughs> storm clouds on the horizon and chris there to point out that one could be a tornado okay, okay. uh last story we're going to talk about we're only going to talk about it briefly because it's still working its way you know through the system but it's more emblematic of a broader problem that we're facing here in michigan but uh, the biden administration is attempting to change there's thousands and thousands, maybe millions of pages of regulations and administrative law that people don't see and Congress doesn't vote on. And in an ideal world, all of that extra regulatory stuff is directly following the law because in our system of government, it's Congress that votes on the laws and the president, um, you know, has the power to sign those into law and execute them. Um, or veto him unless he's overridden. He does not have the power to come up with laws on his own. Of course, the you know the Obama administration set that precedent of I have a pen and a phone and I'm just going to do whatever I want because the media supports me, whatever I do. And so the Biden administration is attempting to change employment law and you know 
regulations governing companies and basically have uh, abortion treated the same as pregnancy in terms of leave policies and care and, and whatnot, which is not good because for a variety of reasons. A, most importantly, pregnancy and abortion are not even in the same realm of, uh, of existence. You know, when you have a baby, what happens? You have to take care of the baby for 18 years. And right. someone's got to be at home, someone's got to feed the baby, and there's all sorts of things to worry about. When you have an abortion, the entire point of it is that there is no baby. We're killing the baby so we don't have to deal with the baby. So treating, you know, abortion the same as pregnancy is just flat wrong for that reason. I mean, they're not even... I, and I think we've talked about this when this happened in Michigan. It's very different than you're getting your doctor's appointments covered and your postpartum appointments covered by insurance as opposed to to what when you have an abortion. Mm -hmm. The second reason it's wrong is the other side sells abortion as, oh, it's quick, it's easy, it's perfectly safe, it's safer than childbirth, there's no side effects, everything's great, you just go, you get it done, and it's over and boom. So what what does there need to be abortion? Yeah, true. So if they're being honest about all that, <laughs> which we know they're not, um, then what's... What do you need anything for that? I thought you could just go right back to yeah, work. Yeah, you go right same day. Right, right, same day. You came with the abortion pill. They you know, they say, oh yeah, no problem. Um, so it's wrong for that. And then C, you know, you'd be in the terrible situation where you could be the president of a pro life organization, go have a partial birth abortion, brag about how great it is, and the organization that you're in charge of, they can't let you go, because that would be. Discrimination. discrimination and they would get into legal trouble mm -hmm. that doesn't make any sense which obviously is a very it's absurd it's it's a hopefully rare thing that would happen but it could well according to the other side a bunch of pro-life women go and have you know they go from protesting outside the abortion clinic to going having abortion the next day I've heard that story probably a million times in my 15 years here. <laughs> so according to them, that happens all the time, and there's nothing the pro-life movement could do about it legally. Um, it, it's also wrong, D, we're, we're going to run out of letters here in the alphabet, uh, because Congress never said that that is the case. That's, there's no law that says that. The Biden administration is trying to rewrite the law. You know. Sad part is, is they could probably get away with it. Well, they can try. It's going to go to court, and it's with this Supreme Court, it's going to get struck down. That's true. Yeah. So it's really kind of pointless. But in Michigan, that is the law here. Mm -hmm. And they did go through an actual legitimate process to do that. I, it's a terrible thing. But in Michigan, they had the votes and the authority to be able to do that, and they did. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the case in Michigan, which is really sad. You know. A governor running around worrying about how to grow our state's population is trying to say abortion and childbirth are two equally valid and uh, options and things, and they're just they're to both perfectly okay and perfectly equal. 
And I think the average person who maybe not is is not entirely pro-life can understand that they're not the same thing. Right. I, w- a, I would hope so. The women in those situations are entirely different situations. Yes. Right. You know, and it's interesting, too, because we haven't – I haven't heard a ton. Maybe it's because companies are doing better with it or whatnot, but – Years ago, but during the Trump administration, I heard over and over about how companies need to change their policies um, for family leave. I haven't heard anything about that for a couple years now. It kind of, you know, it's amazing how issues pop up into the narrative because they're useful for a particular cir- circumstance, and then they just disappear when it's more convenient to move on and talk about another thing. Kind of like the old thing where Tom Brokaw used to talk about homelessness every time there was a Republican president, and then when the, there was a Democrat president, Tom Brokaw decided we're stop, not going to talk about the homeless problem. It's really funny. You go back in time, well, you see like things were a problem for this person, but not for this person, even though the numbers say that the same. They're, they're the same. They're the same. Um, yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, we'll keep you informed, but I can say, uh, put on my hat for predictions and I usually stink at predictions but they would get struck down in court and it's not going to see the light of day well let's hope that that is a correct one I'm pretty sure it is <laughs> um, for a variety of reasons yes and even if it weren't over abortion the Supreme Court would probably strike it down because of how they're, they've been casting a darker eye towards this sort of administrative rule by bureaucracy mm-hmm. that's been happening. Well, anything else we want to talk about before we go? And my last podcast early for I a change? Although we did last think... week, didn't we? No, it actually ended up oh, being... It went, up, it went over, didn't we? I don't remember. A little bit. All right. I don't think there's anything else, though. And on that awkward note, then, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful weekend.